Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 202 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for being here. Today on the show, my guests are out to lunch, out for lunch. Lunch at lunch, lunch money, lunch, and you know where I'm going with this. It's Lunch Design Co. Kaylin and Curtis from Lunch Design Co. out of North Carolina. During this episode, we talk about the second grade art reward that really was the beginning of Kaylin's journey to design and how Curtis didn't really consider design until it looked kind of cool as the next step when, when he checked it out, he was hooked. That was the way to go. We also talk about products and brands that they are really into and inspired by. Curtis shares with us the moment that he started noticing design everywhere and what he started to see. We talk about some influential designers to them, and then we get into story time. Curtis shares with us an amazing in-house job that he had and a great experience, but how it turned demoralizing and left him in a huge funk and wondering what to do next and how he got himself out of that. Kaylin shares with us that she is struggling right now to really find her personal style, and she shares with us the steps that she's taking to discover that. Then Curtis shares with us the project that he is the most proud to have been a part of, and hint, he didn't get any dollars for it. I love hearing that. Ladies and gentlemen, these two have a really fun business name. They share the idea on where it came from. They share some really fun stories with us. Had a great conversation with these guys. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. From Lunch Design Co., Kaylin and Curtis. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Kaylin and Curtis, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you both? Good. Well. How are you? Doing swell, living life over on the West Coast here. Heck yeah. So first time, yeah. Oh, there you go. East Coasters. It's all good. We're still friends. It's cool. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we're still friends. It's the Um, middle you got to watch out for. Yeah, exactly. Not the middle. Need a little bit of water on our side. Mm -hmm. Uh, You guys ready for a quickie? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Cool. Well, let's not waste any time. Briefly tell the listeners about yourselves. Uh, so we're lunch. We're a design duo who just kind of makes things for fun uh, on the internet, on Instagram, and we're just kind of exploring where this vast world of lunch can take us. Uh, and then individually, I'm Kaylin. I'm a designer and art director with about 10 years uh, agency experience. Uh, yeah, Curtis. Yeah. Uh, my name is Curtis Kaiser. Um, I am an art director, graphic designer. Um, and I've been doing this about 17 years. So um, I've done internal freelance. I've done external or agency work. Um, so I guess for that, it would be external. I'd be outside of it. But yeah, so I've got, you know, kind of done a little bit of everything, man. I've kind of seen both sides and, you know, 
You know I, how the I, world works. I enjoy working <laughs> for myself the most of all, I think. Got it. So then how long have you guys been working away at lunch and building that up? Um, it's been probably about a year since we came up with the idea at lunch, oddly enough. What? Uh, and we just, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were like sitting around with a group of friends at lunch one day and we, you know, we always come up with like the weirdest, coolest ideas uh, when we're all together. And we were like, whoa, what if we had this like crazy business called lunch where we just like did fun stuff for ourselves? And, you know, just spiraled from there. It's been probably about a year, I'd say, a little bit more than that. Yeah, probably. I mean, formally, probably about a year, yeah. I mean, ultimately for us, I think what lunch was was a way to be like be creative outside of, like, the day-to-day. And there was no pressure. So mm-hmm. it didn't wasn't really like you were failing or succeeding. It was just, like, fun. And right. that was kind of, like, a unique sensation to have after doing this for a while. Got it. So I want to dissect that a little bit because both of you kind of have this freelance side, but also the in-house side. Um, you both mm-hmm. have, you know, pretty close to the same level of experience here. Um, so Kaylin, I'm going to start with you on this one. Break this down for me. What was the, the path to creative and design for you? When was that switch flicked? Oh, man. Uh, so I've actually been a very creative person my entire life. Um, I actually won an art award in the second grade, which I'm super proud of. I won $20. <laughs> nice. As a kid, I was like, I am rich, and I will always be rich from here on out. I have 20 whole dollars. No one can touch me. Uh, but you know, growing up, my parents were always super um, willing to help me in my artistic endeavors. I was never really good at like sports and things like that. I tried soccer, but I was only in it for like the Capri Suns, which is <laughs> not not ideal. Uh, <laughs> so I think my parents quickly were like, nah, that's probably not for you. Uh, so I started doing art. I've been doing it, I don't know, my whole life, I guess, at this point. And then when I got to college, I actually went for photography. uh, And it was right when the economy kind of tanked. And all my friends who did photography were like, don't do it. I was like, what am I going to do? And I took an intro to graphic design class. And I was like, whoa, I'd never really thought about graphic design before and that class like really opened me up to like logos and branding and how brands present themselves. And it was just from there on, that was my path in life. Beautiful. So that's when the switch was flicked. That whole yeah. recession kicked you over to graphic design and went, <laughs> yeah. whoa. I was like, well, I could probably make probably uh, a living in graphic design more so than photography. Uh, and I'm kind of glad I did switch. Uh, and, you know, I think everybody these days is a quote photographer, much as like everybody's yeah. a designer, you well, know? If you have every iPhone, iPhone. Yeah, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, I have my friends to thank, I guess, for, you know, pushing me to take that intro class. And I'm so glad I did. Awesome. Curtis, what about you, man? Let's kick it over there and uh, give me the story. Like, what turned you on to design and when did that all go down? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of like, a, I don't know, I kind of stumbled into this, I guess, a little bit uh, as a kid. I always loved like comic books and like doodling and I would draw like stuff in all my notebooks and like logos or cars or just like whatever it was. It's like, um, I think a lot of times in school it was just a way to help pay attention. So mm-hmm. I would like doodle and like listen, um, just to kind of keep my hands busy and my mind kind of open. Um, and at a certain point, like my teachers were like, what is this kid's never paying attention and yet he does great in his classes. But you know, like I said, that's what it was for me. And so uh, I had some teachers and some of my parents that were, always encouraging like my dad was he's a great artist in his own right I mean he is like does body work but like 
putting a car back together is kind of an art form to make it like perfect and smooth in the paint and like getting it lined up. So this is just meticulousness though. So at a certain point I just, you know, it was time to figure out college and get out and do whatever. And had some people mention that like, Hey, you know, graphic design might be a good option for you. And I, I went to the like local community college and kind of checked out their program there and, and, and saw what that was and kind of looked at some other colleges and around the area. And, you know, I thought, you know, I think I could do this. Like, I think this sounds fun. Um, and so I just, I went for it and, you know, I, I loved it from the day one and, you know, it was, I don't know, it's kind of, like I said, it just kind of fell right into it. And, you know, I, I was pretty good at it. Crazy. So Luckily. you didn't really go looking to pursue exactly that. You just came across it when looking for what to do next and thought, Hey, that looks fun. Let's check it out. Yeah. I mean, people were like, well, you're pretty good at like, I mean, I draw Spider-Man or draw whatever. And they were mm-hmm. like, that's pretty good for like, I remember drawing a Spider-Man in uh, Microsoft paint and it was like Ooh. just hor- horrible. <laughs> it took me forever, but it looked really good for drawing in Microsoft Paint. So, yeah. how many hours um, did you spend on that? Oh, I don't know. I was I was probably supposed to be learning typing or something at the time, but forty hours. Um, yeah, Spider Man and computing. Paint. Yeah, it was horrible because you really couldn't you couldn't really undo anything. So it was kind of a nightmare in that regard. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was really one of those things. And then like once I started to experience the world of design, it was like kind of like doors just opened, and I started digging in. And like I just never thought like you know the Pearl Jam album I had in my car was designed by somebody and like somebody laid that out and did that. And I, I don't know. And it was just like, then it was like, almost, Oh my God, everything could be designed. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just really like getting hit by a bolt of lightning. Okay. Curtis, please tell me you still have that Spider-Man that you made in Microsoft paint. I've got it somewhere, man. I really, I'm pretty sure I've got something. it. Screenshot or something. It's in it. the MoMA. Uh, yeah. Ago, they uh, it. <laughs> it looks more like it came out of Super Mario Brothers than, than uh, the it's MoMA. 8-bit yeah. Spider-Man. It's tough. <laughs> it's somewhere. Awesome. I'm sure. <laughs> I'll have to go digging through my mom's archives. She never throws anything away. The there's some disc. stuff I wish she would throw away, but she doesn't. And I'm always yeah. like, there's a, there's a horrible like hand sketch picture of me hanging in the <laughs> uh, like the living room or something. And I was just like, oh, mom, please put that up. Please no, don't I that think there. we call that healthy hoarding. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So now I'm curious to hear and each you know, if this is the same for both of you, that's awesome. If it's different, then I definitely want to hear what it is. Um, what's been the most influential design or piece of art or illustration or thing of your life so far? Something that you saw and has just stuck with you since in the creative world. Um, so I think for me, and this is going to sound super like cliche, I think, cause I'm going to say Apple. Uh, and the reason for that is I remember being in college and there was the huge hype about the first iPhone mm-hmm. and I'd never had an Apple product ever. I'd only had, you know, like Microsoft and PCs and stuff. And, um, I finally got an Apple laptop and my friends were getting iPhones and I was like, there is this experience when you get these things like the unboxing experience and the packaging and the minimalism. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Whoa, like this, like this is design and it was sleek and I'd never seen anything like that before. And I was like, man, that is incredible. And that kind of like sparked this whole, like throughout college, I did a lot of packaging and outside, like when, once I graduated a lot of packaging, uh, cause I think it's so interesting. And like, I think, seeing Apple for the first time is what really did that for me. Awesome. What about you there, Chris? Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking about this 
and some of the questions. I just Spider Man that you Spider Man. Made? Sp Microsoft Paint really was the thing that got me like really loving. That must this. be some art that really. Yeah. <laughs> just like once I was so invested, I just had to keep going with it. Shout out to Bill Gates um, uh, from Microsoft. You know, Solid. honestly, I think it was. I think it was as a kid who played sports and everything. I started looking at like brand design in that regard, like with logos on, like cleats and like color combinations and like it was the first time you started seeing like i had a pair of like orange deodora cleats and i was like this is really cool and like how the colors go together and like and then i think it was more like just environmental like just starting to pay attention to everything around me and what was out there and then like everything like i would like hoard like hang tags and like yeah. shoe boxes and like just yeah. i mean you know just anything that had that i thought maybe i could use later um, and I think the simpler and like the less out there, like it wasn't like stuff hanging in a museum that was really inspiring me. Mm -hmm. It was just like the down and dirty, like stuff that was just doing work um, mm -hmm. and getting people to like buy stuff or, you know, engage with stuff. That was kind of my, and like I said, that was all part of that awakening of like coming into design kind of late. Um, and I guess like discovering it in college is that idea of like, just everything around me was kind of an inspiration at that point. Um, I think there was a lot of good stuff going on too. And I think print print was like opening up to where you had some digital stuff. You had some, you know, there's still a lot of the traditional um, print techniques happening. So I think it's kind of like, you know, that was it for me, really just every, a little bit of everything in that awakening. So right in that college timing again, where you started, you know, a, literally a switch was flicked and you walked out of the college and went, holy shit design is everywhere and started seeing it yeah. and seeing the things that really um, were impactful to you visually that you never even connected through that side of it before. Yeah. One, I mean, 100%. Like, and that was like the whole thing about like to the Pearl Jam album, like just the idea that like everything had to, somebody had to touch it and put hands on it and design it mm -hmm. and have like a, a thoughtful process of mm -hmm. what this was going to be like and look like and what they wanted to invoke when you saw that. For sure. So then what stands out um, or who are some of the designers and brands that Lunch is following and checking out these days? And what do you guys like about them? Um, so actually, I recently just got some stuff from Holy Smokes, um, Wit & Co. Uh, I think, you know, for me, I'm really inspired by like Brethren and Lincoln and Hutzpah and Draplin. Um, and I, what I like about them is that they all have a very unique style. And I think that's something that we're kind of exploring with lunch is like, you know, what are our personal styles? Cause you know, I've kind of, while being, you know, 10 years into my professional career, I've kind of basically just been like emulating brands and their styles. And I haven't really thought about, oh, I could have like my own personal style. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think, you know, I really like following these uh, individuals and other like little design shops who know who they are and like what their style is and people go to them for that style. It really interests me. Um, so, you know, that's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of great designers that are putting stuff out. Um, and Instagram, like, I mean, it's just a treasure trove of, of that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, I mean, exactly. Like, I mean, it, it can be like super, super like inspiring, but also super depressing because like people beat you to the punch and you're like, right. oh man, I, I thought about something like that and they did it. Mm -hmm. um, but like, uh, but I think like for me, like, I, you know, I was telling, uh, I told this a couple of times, but like John Contino was one of the first people that I saw that like kind of, I looked at his style and thought like, well, that's different. Mm -hmm. And like, he's kind of, it was all very hand done and like, just kind of like rough and, 
And and I thought like I'm like a kind of like a sketch it out kind of first person because um, that's just how my mind works. I like gets from my head to my hand and then to the computer versus like straight in. Um, and I just thought like, wow, you can do something with your own personal style and people will buy that and pay for that. And like then going from there, like Draplin has his own personal style mm-hmm. and, you know, all the people that Kaylin listed earlier, like, you know, brands don't go to them because like you just like, you know, dissolve into the brand. They go to them because like you're pushing it and you're like bringing your own style. Yeah. And then I always heard people say like, oh, you have a very distinct style. And I was always like, oh, no, no, that's going to show up in the work for a brand. And like <laughs> people are not going to want that. And like but and I never really embraced, didn't embrace it. And really, yeah, like it, that was like the first like the label for me that like, hey, man, a distinct style or like doing stuff your way is kind of like what you should be doing. You shouldn't try to just like, you know, emulate another designer or try to like just do what they've already done. Like you should be out there trying to push it a little bit. And like, honestly, anybody that's worked at an agency, you know what it's like working with brands and like they can just be like, you know, pit bulls on that. But, um, you know, honestly, that was kind of my, that was my big thing right there where I just thought like, all right, you can be unique. You can be a unique designer. You can bring yourself to, to work and do that Mm -hmm. and not just like, you know, try to be everything else that's out there because it's really hard now. With Instagram, like when I first started, I mean, I've been doing 17 years, like there was nothing really to compare to people you worked with or people that were out there and they were like the known commodity. But like now you're just like, you can easily be sucked in and start like, hey, why does your stuff look just like Hutzpah? Why does your stuff look just like Lincoln? Like, so it's it's almost more of a challenge to be unique now um, just because you're exposed to so much. 100%. Couldn't agree more on that one. Um, I want to slide into a little bit about print and packaging now. Um, I want to hear how you guys have utilized print and packaging design in your careers and any stories um, around any special print projects that you could share with us. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, like when I was in college with the iPhone coming out, like I distinctly remember being in an iPhone like app making class and I was like no one no one's gonna use these apps on an iPhone like what is that even like and I was very kind of against digital stuff and um I'm not that against it anymore but my heart is truly with print work and packaging and I think I really like tactile stuff um and I like you know using foils and die cuts and all kinds of crazy stuff and um you know I've been lucky enough that I've been able to do that throughout my career and like work on magazines and work on you know product packaging and all that kind of stuff um and I think uh I actually worked on some packaging one time for like a promotional box for this uh brand I'm not going to name the brand but (laughs) um it, it was, it's for uh, cigarettes, so I don't, I don't want to go into that. But uh, they needed me to like, create this box, and I did it all from scratch. And I went to you know, a huge printer, and I got them to help me with it. And um, I remember like there were points where I was not happy with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'd, I'd never really been in that situation where I was like, 
oh no, they've spent, you know, money getting all these mock-ups and stuff and I'm not happy. And I was found, you know, finally found this voice to be like, Hey man, that's not right. And like, that's not really what I'm going for. And like, this color doesn't look great. And, um, I think that was like maybe one of my first press checks ever too. So, uh, you know, just kind of like learning a lot and it was nice to like figure out, you know, how to tell someone that like what you're making for me isn't right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and really being able to like figure that whole process out, I'd say for me. That's awesome. Curtis, what, uh, do you have something different than that? Um, yeah, well, I I guess print for me, I mean, that was kind of like, like, you know, that's, that's, that was the whole world, you know, uh, you know, 15, 17 years ago Uh when I started, it was, I mean, like a website was, if you built a website, it was, that was it. Like whatever you built, that was that you couldn't really change it. You could, there was not much in that regard. So, I mean, print for me, like, I mean, that was kind of like my first passion and just, I, I mean, I loved everything I did, got to do printmaking in college. So, I mean, you're talking about like letterpress and, um, screen printing and all that stuff. So, but like, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, print kind of like having that understanding of print, I think so. I just feel a little bit different by what Kaylin was saying, but like understanding the, how print works and how mm-hmm. things, um, are done and understanding how colors interact and overlay and um, the different paper and how that can change and make something look completely different. For me, that's like been so instrumental in helping me with digital stuff because I've been able to like bring some of that look and feel into what I do for either my personal brand or for mm-hmm. lunch or for like, you know, um, even like social media stuff. Cause I do feel like there's like a tactile interaction that happens with print and whether people recognize sure. it or not, it's, it's why I like vinyl is back and why I'm mm-hmm. going out and spending $20 much to my, my wife's chagrin on records that I already have, you know, or CDs I already have. You gotta get Taylor Swift, man. That's uh, yeah, I'm not going to get that Taylor Swift. I'm good. T-Swift. Um, yeah. But it's like, uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, people long for that. So I think anytime you can bring that print look into digital um, and, you know, like I still geek out whenever I can get me some good uh, paper samples or, you know, get to go into oh, a yeah. print shop. Yeah, open that print box yeah. for the first time, smell yeah. it, and you're like, oh man, I just want to crawl oh, inside this box. The smell <laughs> of a printer is like yeah. the best thing. Like when you walk in, all the machines are running, you're like, it's kind of hot in here, but it smells yeah. like ink and paper. And it's like, oh, this is count, Yeah. Account people are like, oh God, it reeks in here. And you're like, no, 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 it smells <laughs> so good. You just don't what do you get that. Now, and I, and I love that hands on interaction between you and the printer. Like, that's mm-hmm. like a true, like, I mean, those people are craftsmen, man. They like how they keep that press going and like, the guys like taking the little was a micrometer and like mm-hmm. measuring paper and like mm-hmm. oh loop. man yeah. they just geek out on that kind of aspect of it all day just because I don't know like I could trust my printer to like man this is the kind of paper I want this is what I need he's gonna bring me some cool stuff to check out and push maybe even push me by bringing me something I didn't even know was out there so mm-hmm. I don't know it's just uh, yeah I definitely I love print and there are days where you know I have to tell myself like. You know, it's a different world we're living in, and we got to, you know, some digital and social are here, and they're not going anywhere. But yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. It. You know, I think the evolving, uh, the direction that print is going now is is people need to start seeing how print and digital can interact with one another on campaigns. Yeah. Um, brands mm-hmm. are doing more bespoke brand pieces instead of big direct mail catalog kind of junk. Like it's a lot more mm-hmm. focused and tailored and branded and high end versus, um, you know, the cheap, just run of the mill kind of stuff. But oh, yeah. yeah, it's awesome to hear you guys are jazzed up about it and the stories that you can share. Yeah. Yeah. All right, lunch. We'll buckle up because I got a couple of questions here that take you through the troubles and challenges um, that you've been through in your career. 
and mm. uh, we're going to get through it together, and then we'll wrap up yes. and end in a happy place. Awesome. Um, Promise so, not to cry. Yeah. No, oh, you can cry. It's fine. Camera's off. All right. Um, what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging, and how did you get through it? Mm. Oh, man. I mean, I think... I don't know if there's like one specific challenging time, probably because I blocked it out of my memory. Uh, but I'm going to say, you know, I think there are always challenging days, especially when you're a designer and an art director. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for me, I just kind of like to escape that. And like, um, I think that's why lunch is such a great thing for us. Um, you know, we're having really hard days or like when we feel like, you know, we're not being heard or whatever from the client, um, you know, I can go and escape into this other, other place. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't think there's like the most challenging time I wouldn't say for me. I oh, I've really got forgot. this question. I've got it. Oh, you got <laughs> it. Okay. Okay. No, um, Curtis, so, uh, so I worked, so I worked internal for a while and, uh, worked at a, at a really cool, um, like a small community area, uh, like company. Um, and we went through, we actually grew a lot while I was there and it was like awesome. And I learned a lot just cause it's such a small organization. And so it was like, we're going to make a video. Who knows how to shoot video? Nobody. <laughs> well, Kurt, I, I'm going to do it. I'll get, I'll go get a camera. I'll go learn I'll final cut. Out. Like yep. I'm going to go to like Barnes and Noble and buy a final cut video. I'm going to learn how to do this. Um, I was like, I'm going to, you know, and so like it was, it was like photography, man. I got a little bit of photography background. I'm gonna go do it. So anyhow, I grew there a lot and that's really like, it was, uh, a place I didn't really want to work. It was like one of my first jobs. And so I remember thinking like, I don't want to be here. And, uh, but I grew to love it. And, um, like I said, I have, um, I'm married, I have three kids. Um, and so it really was like a steady force through that. Like it wasn't crazy agency hours. It wasn't like absurd. Like they were super understanding a lot of that stuff. But, um, as things happen, as things grow and get bigger and like are successful, um, we got bought and, uh, that kind of like, they were like, Hey, this is the kind of company we are. we, outsource or we don't really do that in in house um we don't even know how we would do that in house like we just don't have the logistics for that so that kind of uh kind of went away from me um and i thought like oh man like you know this thing that i've loved so much and i've put so much um, investment into is now going away um and one of the things that happened there was that basically they needed to get a lot of stuff done and they needed to complete the merger and um so a lot of the uh day-to-day work kind of slowed and stopped and then it became a lot about the merger materials and a lot about um, basically training someone else to do your job and passing stuff along and things that like you created logos brand passing it to someone else um, and they basically just said hey we got this great severance package for you if you'll stay to the end it was supposed to be like two months and then it was six months and then it ended up being almost a year and then it was like hey at that point like I was bummed and I just wallowing in it. There was really no work to do. Um, and it's weird how if there's no work to do, you kind of don't want to do work. And so they would be like, hey, can you do this, lay out this letter for us? And I'd be like, oh, God, how dare they come in here and ask me to do work? <laughs> it's like, when was the last time you did work? And I'm like, I don't know, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I can't remember. Um, but it was. It was like, and it was kind of miserable. And like after that, I was just in a funk. Yeah. Um, and I came out of that and thought like, all right, now I'm out. What do I want to do? And I really thought like, well, maybe this is that time for a brand new start, but maybe it's the time to start in something else. And I'd read this article about how sometimes your passions aren't what you do every day. It's like the side project you have or yeah. uh, things like that. And, I, and so like I luckily had the, 
thank God there was a severance package because I kind of wallowed in it for a while and just thought, like, what am I going to do? Like, and I didn't really want to do much, honestly. Um, and so I took that and I kind of had a hard reset, to be honest. And I'm glad I did. And that's, you know, it was about three or four years ago and really kind of got me. I just did like a just big soul search, like what kind of designer did I want to be? What kind of work did I want to work on? And, mm-hmm. um, and kind of came out of it like fresh, renewed, like ready to like kick butt, did freelance for a while. And like, I really loved that. And then I got this great opportunity at an agency and went there and took that. And it's been good. It's, you know, like I said, I can't say every day is great, but, um, but it's been good. And then lunch came, came out of that. And like Kayla and I met at the same place at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just like of like mind, different, different ideas on a lot of things, but like we weren't afraid to tell each other how we felt about whatever. And art directed if we need to, but also mm-hmm. at the same time, like get down and like get our hands dirty. If the other person thought an idea, had, you know, was had merit and run with it. So it's been good. So like, I honestly, it's like, it was a really rough time and a really like trying time where I was like doubting myself and doubting like my love for this career, but mm-hmm. um, kind of came out of it better and stronger and more confident, honestly, which is kind of, kind of crazy to think you doubt yourself so much and you come out of it more confident, but mm-hmm. I definitely kind of came out with a renewed, um, bigger for this. Crazy. I like how you, I like how you explained that by, you know, you had to just basically hard reset and, and make some decisions on what you wanted to do moving forward. What was next? Um, so it's uh, a little bit, it kind of ties into the next question and where it can lead to similar feelings and we'll get through this one together too. Um, <laughs> Could you already emotional? Yeah, exactly. Could you guys take us to a specific design or a specific project you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Um. So when I first started out, uh, this was probably like a year and a half after graduating college. I was working at an agency and I remember working on this trifold brochure and I picked up the art file from somebody else and, you know, I'd done a lot of work on it. I was so excited and we sent it off to the printer and it was just like a small, like local kind of print shop around town. And I remember we got them back and this pie chart that was in the file was like set to a blend mode that didn't print. And I remember thinking, oh, no, no, no. And I was like, what did I do? Like, I shouldn't have, you know, trusted that the file that I had gotten was completely accurate. And I, you know, I think I had done some of my own production uh, set up on it. And I was like, man, I was really beating myself up. And, um, you know, luckily the printer was like, oh, no, I forgot to run it, like, through a pre-flight check or whatever. And I should have caught it. And you know, I think that was a little bit on, on each one of us, but I remember just feeling like, man, I'm a, I suck. Like, I'm not good at this. And, uh, and then I was like, no, that's silly. Like I just gotta be more diligent next time. And like, make sure I really check files when they come through. So now anytime I get anything from anyone else, I'm like, all right, let me go make sure that like the colors are right. And the blend modes are right. And like, nothing is gonna, uh, not turn out the way that I want it. Uh, but yeah. Totally. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got this one too. No, um, no I've, so I'm going to go back <laughs> in the Wayback Machine. And so after like by one of my first jobs, I got this great freelance opportunity with like a local um, company 
uh, like a local agency, and it was like, I was like, oh man, I can make some really good money. This is gonna be awesome. There's these like brochures, and uh, I took the job, and they get, they delivered me the files and just said, hey, there's these three pieces. We need you to lay them out, uh, choose some imagery, like kind of give it like this spin. This is something they like, you know, go do it. Um, and uh, what they didn't tell me was that at the time, everything they did was in freehand which I did not know freehand. I only knew Adobe products. <laughs> yeah. um, so I took this and I was like, well, I can learn freehand. I can do this. And like I said, this is, you know, obviously this was not yesterday. This was a while back, but anyhow, I took it and I like, I spent I did, like, numerous nights, like almost up all night plowing through this, trying to figure it out, trying to learn it. And I, it just, it did not turn out the way I wanted it. And I was so confident that it would. Um, and so, uh, but like, so like I ended up having to like, kind of like flounder through it and I got it looking pretty good and gave it back to the team and they kind of seemed disappointed and they just weren't like maybe feeling the design as much. And I was like, well, really it's like, you're lucky the thing's not falling apart at this point. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's things like Hank, like, you know, held together with bailing wire at some point. But, um, but I just, it was like, it was kind of like a little bit of a setback in that regard. Like I just thought like, you know, luckily for hand went away. So it wasn't really like a design program that was going to like, you know, pioneer the industry. Mm -hmm. But I remember the dude came back to me later on and like called me and said, Hey man, can you meet up for like a beer and like whatever? And so I was like, yeah, sure. So I met up with him. And I thought like, man, I'm getting ready to get like lashed out at like that. I'm, you know, I just did such a horrible job. But anyhow, he ended up, <laughs> he ended up basically like saying he thought I did a pretty decent job considering the circumstances and the time constraints. Nice. And, uh, offered me a job. So I was just like, Oh, Oh, that's like a crazy <laughs> turn of events. Um, but I think it was just like, I honestly, I don't think it was because of the design. I think it was just because of like how hard I want, how bad I wanted it, mm -hmm. how good I wanted it to be. Um, you saw the effort you just, put just, into it, not necessarily the final result rocking his world. Yeah. And like at one point I remember I was, I just told him, I was like, dude, I have literally barely slept. I've worked so hard on this. And like, it just felt kind of, you know, cause at one point he was kind of like, well, now I have to spend this time getting it to the next level or whatever. Mm. And he was, I mean, he was, he was like 10 years, 15 years older than me at the time. So I just remember thinking, but I remember thinking like, okay, well that could have been disastrous. And that was something that I thought I really fumbled through, but it was kind of a learning moment. And I think that like at the end of the day, while he may have had to do a lot of work to get it to a good point, I think he had definitely appreciated a young designer who had the, you know, balls to take on something and then, you know, also like give it his all. Mm -hmm. You were hungry. Is that I was hungry. I guess I was hungry. Yes, <laughs> I was stupid. Is what I was. I should have asked what this was laid out in before I took the job. Nice. It was like, yeah. <laughs> Both the lessons learned, right? That's how we learn. Move forward. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, guys. Final tough question, and then we'll get into a happy place. Um, okay. What is something you are struggling with in your design career right now? Um, I think I touched on this a little earlier, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm always struggling. <laughs> um, I think for me, it really is my personal style. Mm. Um, you know, I'm just so used to working in brand style guides and, you know, having something match. And like, I think that's kind of like an old school way uh, of thinking, you know, like, uh, they really want you to be able to do that. And I've never really explored like what my personal style is as a designer and I think that is what's really challenging me right now is kind of figuring that out and um, seeing how that evolves and really making it myself. So how do you think you're approaching that? Like how, how do you do that? What are you going through? 
well, right now it's a lot of looking at Instagram and, uh, you know, really trying to learn skills that I might not have, like hand lettering and stuff. And I, I think it's, I'm in the phase right now where I've had so much inspiration that I'm like kind of crippled with this fear of like, I don't want it to look like someone else, but I don't know what I am. And like, so I've just kind of been doing a lot of different stuff, like a lot of different projects kind of figure out what that is um but you know i don't i'm somewhere in the middle-ish part when i'm not procrastinating i'm, I'm somewhere in there yeah but i see i think you have a distinct style though i think you like when i see your work like, i know I what your work it. is yeah. versus uh-huh. like somebody else like i could take i could i could say oh that's kaylin's because i know there's certain things you like and you gravitate toward isn't that weird versus, you can see it but i can't see it yeah well no i can it's like it's like <laughs> It's That's like, right. you know, smelling your own stank or something. You're like, nobody, 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 you're like, I don't stink. And you're like, yeah, you do. You can't smell it, but I can. Um, so, but, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, Curtis, what are you struggling with right now, man? Oh, uh, well, you know, it's like, you know, all the influencers out, influencers out there are going to hate me. But like right now, like social, man, social media, like, mm. It's just like as a as kind of a design purist in some regards, it's just such a it it kind of like you know it's there and it's gone and it's like especially when it comes to like client work and stuff, it just is one of those things where you know as a print guy, it just seems so fleeting to an extent. And so like mm-hmm. trying to understand it and like why people buy into it so much and like how it does move brands along and it's like a really it's a really good medium and it's really something that like basically can be almost free to an extent. And it is a good way to get your work out there. Like it's way better than like carrying around a big ass portfolio with, you know, you know, all your work in it and dropping it on somebody's mm-hmm. desk and being like, Hey mm-hmm. man, look at all these sheets that I got, like really all these cool designs in my book. Um, but you know, I said as, as somebody who like feels like something should be like super thought in, like I'm, I'm a constant overthinker. Like I look at stuff and I'm like breaking it down. I'm thinking through all the ways it could be better or thinking about all the ways that like, you know, it could just add one more little thing that could bring it, bring it, bring it home. Um, and social just seems like, boom, get it out, get it out there. Don't think about it too much. Just, you know, so that's kind of one thing where it's like, for me, like that idea of just like thinking fast and thinking social first can sometimes be a little frustrating. Um, cause I know a lot of people will be like, Hey, this is really cool. I love your idea for this like packaging piece. How could that like translate to social? How could that, how can I like build it out into this full system? And I'm like, I don't know if it does, but I don't think you're going to take that as a, as an answer that like mm-hmm. you're just going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, it's cool. So I think I think you know, social digital sometimes can always be like for like, for you know having that having my my background personally um, can be a little bit of a little bit of a struggle to kind of wrap your head around, especially when it is is being sold so hard right now. And I can mm-hmm. see sometimes that like like what you said earlier, like the whole idea of having like something that's a very boutique print piece that goes with a digital piece that's like cool i love having that like at least being able to bring the two pieces together um versus like you know just all feel like it just lives in a place that it could all just go away nope i hear you there man um you know understanding you know trying to execute on social media really really well but then also wrestling with uh does this really matter 
Like, am I putting oh, all right. of the effort into this and is this that important or should I just be doing <laughs> this over here? Right. And, you know, the, trying to find the balance of that and, um, you know, wrestle the, that as a priority within yourself. I think that's a constant struggle for creatives, for businesses, for all of that. Right. So, yeah. And for yourself, I mean, like you said, that's, that's part of it too. Like yep. what we're doing is we're putting ourselves out there and that, and I can still overthink that. I'm like, is somebody gonna look at this and be like, what a hack. Or somebody can look at it and be like, man, this is so good. Oh, my God. You know? Yep. So it's kind of like all in your headspace. But yeah. 100%. Yep. Okay, guys, let's turn this bus around. Um, I want to now hear about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. I'll go first. I yeah, you first. go. I'll go first. I, I'm going to switch it up. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think for me, honestly, like, you know, as, as somebody who's, um, done stuff for pretty big companies and pretty small companies and all around, ultimately the most, the stuff I'm most proud of is the stuff that I probably didn't get paid a whole lot for. Um, I've done stuff for like my buddies, like band and like, uh, turpentine shine, check them out. They're pretty cool. Um, and like, it's just like, we sit in his basement and talk, have a beer and talk about it. And then I'll go back and spend way more time than I probably should. But at the end of the day, like seeing how excited they are about it and how like it's pushed their their confidence forward, like to go out and get gigs and to do stuff like, I don't know, that, that's just ultimately um, very rewarding. Um, and I've done stuff like my, I have my brother has a business and like other friends have stuff. And like, you know, sometimes you get paid in money. Sometimes you get paid in beers and, you know, <laughs> high, fi- high fives. Yeah, um, yeah praise. But honestly, those those are things that like my wife will just be like, dude, let it go. Like this looks amazing. And you're like, no, nah, I can just make it just that just, much yeah, better. Just a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Just a little bit more. And there's she's like, no one's pushing you. There's no client. There's no like, you know, we paid you 20 grand to do something. And now you're just like ruining it. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, I mean, stuff like that. That's the things that I like enjoy the most. People always ask me if you have like a dream job. And I think it would be like helping small businesses and small companies like just make themselves into what they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can always work for the biggest company in the world and you can do great stuff for them. And at the end of the day, like it's just more money in their bank account. But like somebody who like is passionate and feels it, man, they are infinitely more grateful for the simplest things that helps push that dream forward. And that like to me, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Um, <laughs> there you go. It's, it does. It really, it really is like, it's a thing that I love the most. So I agree with that. I mean, you know, I've had, friends that I've helped out before and they're just like, I can't believe like this is so professional and you just like really put your heart and soul into this and I'm so grateful and you know, I feel like sometimes it's just not what you get in the day to day and you're like, you're so welcome. Like I'm just happy that you appreciate it and I'm happy that you're happy. Um, so yeah, I would agree that like friend work is like some of the best. I'm not saying that agencies don't have that. I mean I've had agency right. stuff where like people cried when they saw work. Whoa, it, that's gonna be like, a cool feeling. Calm down. Curtis. Well, no, they did. I had somebody cry. Like, not because the work was so great, but just because yeah, but they had bringing the tears into it. What do you got? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, she was just really happy with I've the work. And it like cry. brought her like dream. I mean, she, she had this idea and vision and we took it and <laughs> put it out there and she thought it was just great. I mean, you know, and that felt really good. Somewhat awkward in a boardroom, but you know, <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt, I felt good about it. She felt good on, about right? it. Yeah. What's that? It's great to look back on. That's right. Yeah. Right now, she probably now she probably was just like that was that was that was not the best word. I don't know. Nice. And at the time, man, she loved it. So that was, I was super happy. That was probably one of the, one of the best memories from like like a big company work. Mm-hmm. And so 
I love it. Those are great answers. And that is the most common kind of response. It's not the big fat paycheck they got for doing work for Nike. It's, it's always like the smaller, the nonprofit, the work for friends, like the smaller stuff. And that's, um, that's awesome to hear that that is, that is just continuing to be a trend. Yeah. All right, lunch. You guys have reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. This is where we wrap it all up. I have a question for you from my last guest and you get the opportunity to ask one might even let you do two questions of my next guest, but I'm not going to tell you who they are. First up, my previous guest was Becca Wrights. She's a designer, illustrator and art director out of Denver, Colorado. Love Denver. Okay. She wanted to ask you guys, what is your guilty pleasure? It could be food. It could be an Instagram account. It could be a TV show. It could be whatever. What is your guilty pleasure? Hmm. For me right now, my guilty pleasure is probably vinyl records. Um, I've gotten, I've been a huge music guy my entire life. Um, and so I have tons of CDs and got to like digital streaming Mm-hmm. And then I just decided that, like, you know, you're, when you're streaming something, you're just in the background. You're not really listening to it. Um, so I bought a record player a couple years ago, and I've been listening to it a lot while I do, like, freelance and stuff at home. Like, it's kind of been, like, a really, like, I listen to the music, and it kind of, like, gets in my head. And I don't know if it's because it's, like, this tactile thing, but also just because, like, you got to flip the thing. So you got to listen to it to when it actually stops playing. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's been like my, it's been like, so I've been going to the record store, like flipping through there and there's like tons of cool designs on all these old records. And you, sometimes you get a dud that doesn't sound very good. Cause somebody like, you know, had on top of their, you know, refrigerator for three years and then they <laughs> sold it. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's been, it's been something for me. Like it's actually been like a design thing. Cause I've like loved how these old records and stuff are put, how the old designs and packages and like hand lettering and like fonts that don't exist anymore. And then, and then you get to listen to cool music at the same time. And like, you can buy a record for a dollar and try listening to jazz if you like that, or <laughs> you can buy like an old Dolly Parton record and jam out to that when everybody's asleep and no one can make, you know, Dolly Parton's awesome, by the way. I'm not saying anything about Dolly Parton. Just saying, <laughs> I may or may not have some Dolly Parton. To each their own, right? Everyone can do That's right. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's right. So that's my guilty pleasure. Nice. Uh, let's see. Mine is um, this really small boutique store called Target. I'm not sure if anyone's heard of it. No, I haven't heard of them, actually. Are they they local? Are they North Carolina-based? They are a giant conglomerate. (laughs) They're they're like like fancy Walmart. Um, I know. I'm just kidding. We love Target. I love Target. If you ever see a meme on Instagram, it's probably about me specifically. Um, I shamefully probably go to Target like three times a week. Oh, I thought you were going to say three times a day, and I was like, that's incredible. You know what? If I could, I would. Um, (laughs) But, man, I I just love going to Target. I love just, like, walking around. I go with my friends to Target. I go with my boyfriend to Target. If I could take my cat to Target, I would as my emotional support animal. Um, Yeah, I I love it. It's such a great place. I love the answer. Yeah, we used to have uh, Target tried coming into Canada a few years ago, and we had one in um, like ten minutes away from where I live here. Loved it, and all of a sudden it was gone one day. Yeah, I read about that, and I was very shocked. Uh, I hear Walmart has a stronghold mm-hmm. on the Canadian market. You read about it. We experienced it firsthand, Kayla. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. I I feel bad for you. You can you can come to North Carolina, and I will take you to the three targets yeah. that are by my house. They're everywhere. <laughs> Fantastic. They're, really, yeah, they're, really. they're all different. They're all unique. They all have their own thing to bring. They all know? have their own unique musk. They do. They truly mm. do. Depends on what they're next to. Yeah, yeah very true. Japanese restaurant. You just want to get the one next to the Cinnabon, right? Subway. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, Lunch, what is the question you would like to ask the next guest? You can come up with one together, or you can each have your own separately. I'll allow it. Curtis has well, our, our I, I have one, yeah. Okay. So um, I am notoriously a procrastinator by nice. choice. Same, same. <laughs> um, and not always because I don't want to do the work, but because sometimes I think like, oh, well, this the work's going to – good work is going to come to me. Yes. So like, I'll be like, oh, okay, here's the job. I got to do the work on it. And I'll think like, okay, well, I'm going to put this off for a little bit while I mull it over and marinate in it. Mm-hmm. And then like, then I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to drop out this amazing design. But sometimes that turns from like a day to marinate to a week to marinate mm-hmm. to a month to marinate. And then the deadline comes up and then you're just like, oh crap, I should have been working on this. I had a whole month. What was I thinking? <laughs> and then you're like, bang it out. And it might be like the best stuff you've ever done. But it's also puts you like under this incredible amount of stress. And I do think that most designers work better under a certain level of stress. So I would say, how do you deal with that when you feel like you're basically like procrastinating, off putting off doing something? Um, like for me, it's literally sitting down at the computer and like, honestly, it's like a roller coaster. Like you pull that bar down and then <laughs> once it's locked in, you got to go, baby. Um, and so for me, it's like, that's how I do it. I sit in my chair, I pull out the mouse and I start working. And like, then I just start coming and it's just like, that's it. There it goes. I'm, I'm on, I'm on the roller coaster and we're riding it, but I will put off doing that for a while because I think that like, you know, so is your question how to get out of the, the grand idea will come. So basically how do you push past procrastination? Yeah. How do you push, but how do you, when you, when you don't feel it or when you're procrastinating, like, are you kind of putting something off you're doing? What is, what is your like surefire way of kicking yourself back into like creative, get the juices going and like get some yeah. good workout. I love it. Lunch crew, I'm going to be asking that of my next guest for you, so you have to tune in for the answer. That's the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It was awesome connecting with you guys. Thank you for having us. It's awesome, man. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate your time and attention here. A lot of work goes in for these guests to really spill their guts and just to share these stories with you, these wins, these fails. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening to these. If you are digging what you're hearing here on the Quickie Podcast, let me know. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. Uh, send me an email, screenshot, tag me on uh, Instagram for you know something like that in your stories. Um, or just leave me a rating and a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I see them. I reply to them. I read them all. I appreciate them. So thanks again, and we'll see you later.